chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 16, we find the Word of God tells us, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that love God is born of God and knows God. He that loveth not knows not God, for God is love. And this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that he sent his only Son to be into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so love us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any times. If we love one another, God dwells in us and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. We've seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. And whosoever shall confess that Christ is the Son of God, God dwells in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Father, we bless you this morning. We praise and glorify your holy and righteous name. We thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your love, and your grace. And we're grateful for the opportunity to come and stand before your people this day. Be with us now, Holy Spirit. Come have your way in the worship service. Teach us, lead, and guide us, and help us as we go daily, putting our faith and trust in Christ, our Lord and Savior, we pray. Amen. From the theme, God loves you. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, God loves you. Turn to somebody else and say, God loves you. And I love you too. Say that again. And I love you too. Amen. We thank God this morning for the love of God through Christ our Lord and Savior. And, and, and we're in that season where everybody is just excited and waiting for all that was going to happen on the 14th of February. Everybody's excited because they're looking for something. Chocolate or some roses or something. Everybody has got their eyes and their heart set for what somebody may do. And some of y'all need to expect the unexpected because you may get surprised. You never know. But, but everybody going to be looking for something. And if, don't, if you don't get nothing, go out and buy yourself something. Go out and get you some, some heart. Go out and get you some chocolates. Do something for yourself. If, ain't nobody, if you don't know nobody going to do something for you, hey, I'm going to have a happy day because I'm doing something for my own self. And if you do it for yourself, you ain't got to worry about nobody else doing it for you. Let's look at the word of God. We find in the scripture this morning that God talks about love. And, and he talks about the agape. You have eros, which is affectionate love between uh, uh, husband and wife. We talk about phileo, which is a friendly love, a love between friends. And then you talk about agape, which is the unconditional uh, un, uh, love that Christ has for every one of us. Those are all Greek words, but there are more words in the Greek and also in the Hebrew about love. And about the importance of love and the power that love has to give and love has to bring forth. And I'll miss this today. We find that the Savior talks to us about love through John the Apostle. In these verses, we find love is very important in order 
for us to even have a relationship with Christ, to even know him. What is love? Love is the love between people, individuals. Love is the love that God has for humanity. Love is the love that God expresses unconditionally for humanity. Love is the love that happens in our hearts when we come to know Christ as Lord and Savior in our life. He fills us with his love. His agape. He gives us the love that we desire, uh, that we always thought we had. Sometimes when you're in the world and you don't understand what love is. Some people think love is just an affection. affection. Some people think love is an emotion. But love is a verb. It is an action word. When you really want to give and share love, you give it to those that may not be able to give it back to you. God says, I love you this morning. I treasure you. You are my prized possession. Sometimes it seems like the world's fighting you on every side. Things are going wrong every way you turn. But you can rely on the love of God no matter what is going on. God will always show you his love. God will always show you that you are somebody in his presence. He said, beloved, and he's talking to the body of Christ when John talks about this. He said, Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits in the first verse, whether they are God. Because, he says, many false prophets are going out into the world. Hereby know we Christ, God. Every spirit that confesses that Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Skip to verse number seven. He tells us, beloved, love one another. So he makes that very plain to the church. There's a lot of fighting and bickering and all type of things going on within the body of Christ. But God says in the church, there must be agape. There must be brotherly love one for another. He tells us in the, in the uh, book of, uh, of, 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 of Hebrews not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together for the matter of some is. But he says when you come together, come together in love. Come together in fellowship. Come together to let the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit run from heart to heart and breast to breast with divine, pure love, the agape of Christ, our Lord and Savior. Verse number seven, love one another for love is of God and everyone that love is born of God and knows God. Wait a minute. He said if you're born of love, you have to have a relationship with God for that to happen. See, when there is love in the body of Christ, you don't have to worry about the world's love. When there's love in the body of Christ, you don't have to worry about the world doing things to you. God said, first of all, love the Lord thy God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and with all of your strength. And we love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's the first love. So when we love God, what do we do? We seek him first. And when we seek God first in everything, he continued to bless us and build us and fill us and increase us in his love. God's love is wide. God's love is deep. God's love is strong. God's love is powerful. And that's what he wants for the church. The divine, pure love of Christ flowing all over the place. When people come in the house of God, they need to feel the presence of God through the love of the people. We've had churches come and fellowship with us and visit with us. And the first thing they say is how much they feel the presence and the power and the love of God when they come in the sanctuary. And that's what we want. If it's one of us, if it's three of us, it doesn't matter how many of us are here. But we want people to feel the presence and know the love of Christ when they come into the house of God. And that's what God has called us to. That's what God has ordained the church to. To let the pure love of Christ manifest in the body of Christ. 
He goes on in verse number eight and tells us these words. He that loves not knows not God, for God is love. That's why murder is so rampant. That's why killing is so rampant. That's why all of the violence, domestic violence, all of these things are happening because there is no love in the hearts of man. Christ died that we may have love and that we may come to know him who is the love of God. See, God's very nature is love. That's his nature. It's not that he gives love. His nature is love. And because his nature of love is no love, he gives what is his nature. Every one of us have the love of Christ in us when we come to uh, Christ as our Lord and Savior. The problem is, are we expressing it? Are we sharing it? And are we giving it away? Or is it the opposite? So when you're a child of God, the love of God is manifested. Whether you allow it to manifest or not, it's flowing. It's coming forth from you because that's why God created you. He created you to love and to be loved and to give love and to receive love. And the more you give it, guess what happens? The more he pours it back into your heart that you may have even more to give to somebody else. Sometimes you have to have tough love. Moms have tough love. They got to go and hit that that fellow upside his head and mold him with their knuckles and say, boy, I love you, but I'm not going to tolerate your mess. You got to have that tough love sometimes. And Christ has that for us. He said every one of his children, he will chastise us when we step out of line. That's the love of God, the love of Christ in our hearts and in our minds. Look at verse number nine. In this was manifested the love of God toward us because he sent his only begotten son into the world that we might, what? Live through him. Christ came to give us life and to give it to us more abundantly. The word of God tells us in the 10th chapter, 10th verse of St. John. I came that you may have life and that you may have life more abundantly. But it all began with what? My love for you. My love is the reason why I have come into the earth. My love is the reason why I have allowed the earth to be established. God came so that we would what? Manifest his glory, his power, his grace, his extended favor through what? Our love for one another. Our love for Christ, our Lord and Savior. There must be love in the church of God. Verse 10 says, herein is love. Not that we loved him, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Christ came to be the sacrifice. He came because before Christ came, nobody could actually pay for sin. The high priest went into the temple once every year and he offered the sacrifice of a lamb on the altar to purify and cleanse the sins of the people. But guess what? He had to do it every single year. He had to go back in there and make that sacrifice. But when Christ came and went to the cross for you and I, He never had to do it but one time. And his love for us is guaranteed as long as we live on the planet of the earth. And he guarantees us eternal life because of what he done. No matter how how many mistakes you make, once you receive Christ as Lord and Savior, your life is guaranteed. He promised you that he paid for your sins. And all you've got to do is ask for forgiveness. You make a mistake, ask for forgiveness. You don't feel right about something? Say, Father, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why I feel the way I feel. But I pray that you what? Wrap your loving arms around me and take this from me, whatever it is. That I may what? Live a successful life. That I may show love among your people. Sometimes people will hate your gut. But guess what? The Bible says what? Love your enemies. 
Pray for them that despitefully use you and mistreat you. God said we have to love them. Then he says, love not the world. Well, wait a minute, that's contradictory. The world is outside of the body of Christ. But when God talks about those that's acting like enemies, he's talking about what's going on in the church. First said, all right, they're acting up, love them anyway. They're your enemy right now. So sometimes they're your enemy and sometimes they may be your friend. But God said, love them anyway. Let your power flow over them. See, sometimes we get angry because some of our members may not do what we think they ought to be doing because they're children of God. And I reminded, I was reminded this morning we were sitting in the office and we were talking about some of that. And I said, you know, when we were growing up, we did some of the same things. And God had to what? Clean us up. Some of us received God as Lord and Christ as Lord and Savior. And we still did dirt. But Christ had to what? Clean us up. Convict us when we go to church and the word of God would come forth and he would clean us up every week. And we grew and we grew and we grew and we continue to grow. We haven't arrived. God still has things for us to do, but we want the love of Christ to manifest and come forth in our life. That's why Christ came. He said, I am the sacrifice. When Christ went to the cross and that was the worst humiliating death a person could die was on the cross. They would take you and strain you up there. And let you hang there and then your arms is there and your hand, your feet are tied together. And then you've got to pull yourself up just to breathe. And it was was designed to increase the death. But to give you agony in the process and total pain while you're dying on that cross. And eventually if you didn't die fast enough they'd come and break your legs. The Roman soldiers would. Because that would induce the death and help you to hurry and pass away so they can get you off the cross. But think about Christ. They nailed him to that cross. They put spikes in his feet. Took a sword and pinched him in the side. He said, forgive them for they know not what they do. If somebody step on your toe this morning, are you willing to forgive them? Amen, lights. Amen, walls. If they step on your toe, are you willing to say, I forgive you? Or you're like, boy, watch what you're doing. That, that's the natural response. But God said, we have to respond in love. We have to respond in the humility of knowing that Christ has what? Going to the cross for us. If he could go to the cross and get 72 thorns, a crown of them, placed upon his head full of poison, we should be able to say, I forgive you. We should be able to say, I love you, even though somebody may be doing us wrong. You want to get somebody on and get their attention? Treat them with humility. Treat them with love. Give them high regard and respect. And no matter what they do, just continue to let the love of God, the love of Christ, flow from your heart into them. And they're going to go, what is this? What is so different about you? See, when people see you as a child of God, they should, see, they should say, wait a minute, I don't know what it is, but there's something different about that person. They should be able to see the glory of God on your life. They should be able to say, what is it about you that I can't understand? See, don't be in the gossip poem, y'all gossiping all about, all about people. But just stay to yourself. Sometimes as a child of God, you've got to stay by yourself. And the reason you've got to stay by yourself is because God is using you. And when God is using you, you can't be caught up. You got to say, I got to stay what God told me to stay. I got to do what he told me to do. I got to go where he told me to go. And in the process, he will strengthen you. He will build up that love. Have you ever prayed and asked, Father, increase the love in my heart. 
See, he gives you the measure of faith, but you got to ask for love. Because there's some people out there that make you beat them down if it wasn't for the love of God in your heart. Y'all know what I'm talking about. There's some people out there that will try you, make you come down to their level. You say, Lord, you got to say, Lord, forgive me, but that joker needed to be told. But the reality is, God says everything. He said, don't let anger interfere with what God is doing in your heart. He said, be angry, but what? Sin not. Don't let the sun go down on your rage. If, if, if there's something going on that you need to get straight with God, get it straight with him. Christ came to reconcile us unto himself. He came to show his love by what? The actions. See, God wrapped himself in flesh and came down here and lived and dwelt among us. And went to the cross and paid for our sins through the son. Then he left. He said, I'll be back. But I'm going to send the spirit this time. Then the Holy Spirit comes on the day of Pentecost at 120 in the upper room. They go outside and there's over 500 then. And when they get out there, all of them come together. And they begin to speak in other tongues because the Holy Spirit descends upon them. And when he descends upon them, he begins to speak through them with clothes of fire. Filling them with the presence and the power of God and also the love of God automatically falls in their spirit. Automatically comes upon them. So some people say, well, that's the hatefulest person in the world. No, they're not hateful. They just haven't experienced it yet. But when the love of God come upon them, they will have that ultimate experience and realize that their life is worth living and that there is love of God inside of them. Whenever you live according to what God's word says, he will allow the love to manifest. He will allow it to come out of you and you and people around you be wondering why in the world you're so good. Why in the world you're so nice. It's not you. It's the God in you that's manifesting. It's the Christ in you that's coming forth. It's the Jesus, as some people say, in you that's manifesting that the power and the presence of love can come forth in your heart and come forth from within you. For God so loved the world, John 3, 16 says, that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. See, I said before, love is not a feeling. Love is an action word. It's a verb. It's what are you doing to show love? What have you done for somebody that expresses your love for them? Do people have to ask you to do everything, tell you to do everything? The birthday come, oh, Lord, I forgot all about it. This come, oh, Lord, I forgot all about it. Bills are due and they ain't got the money. You can step in with a pocket full of money. I'm not going to pay that bill. As they bill, they made it, they're going to pay it. But the love of God in you will say, go take care of that. We, we, we tried Don this morning. Don got in the car. We, we was on the way to church. Don got in the car and I... I told Jeff, I said, Jeff, Sandra told me something. And I ain't going to say a word to Donald. I'm going to see what Donald do when he get in the car. Donald got in the car and said, Larry, Sandra told me such and such a thing. The first thing he said when he got in the car. He said, see, that's how you know people growing in the fellowship and in the relationship with God. Because you don't have to remind them of things that they already know. Some Christians, you've got to remind them of the love of God in their heart. Some people, you've got to remind them to do those things that God has orchestrated and asked them to do. Some people, you've got to remind them to do simple things that somebody already told them to do. But when love is in your heart and when God is the center of your heart and love is the center of your heart and the joy of the Lord is your strength, you don't have to worry about it. Because they're going to do what is right every time. May not want to, but they're going to do it. Why? 
Because it's in them. See, when God put the spirit of Christ inside of you, it's in you to do what's right. Even though the devil may try to fool you and tell you, no, don't do that. The love of God in you say, yes, that is my will. The father speaks through the spirit and say, yes, do that. Yes, do that. When moms wake up and call you, say, I ain't heard from you in a couple days. Just want to make sure you're doing good. I ain't heard from you in a couple days. Just want to call you and say, I love you. That's Christ in them saying, Joe, go check on your child. Go call that boy and see what he's doing. Make sure he ain't gotten himself into nothing. Make sure he's doing what he ought to do. Call that daughter and remind her that I love you. You're like, where'd that come from? Next thing you know, she'll be going to pop up in church with you. You want to win the world? Say, just keep doing it. Just keep telling her, I love you. Just call you to say, I love you. Call to let you know I'm thinking about you. Call to make sure you're doing okay and everything is good with you. My mom do that four or five times a week. She don't hear from me within 24 hours or she'll be calling me or sending a text or something. But the reality is, that's how mothers are. That's a mother's love. Father got that tough love. Look at her knucklehead. Let me get you straight. See, mom, she going to wean you in and caress you and hug you and say all kind of nice things and make you feel all lovey-dovey and appreciated. Dad on the other hand is going to say, get yourself together, boy. Straighten up. He got to give you that tough love so you will realize you have got to be a man. You realize you have got to stand on your feet and do what is right. Then God get a hold to you and get you completely straightened out. But it has to start with love. Christ said, I did it because I love you. I went to the cross because I love you. I went to the cross because I was concerned about you. I went to the cross because you couldn't have an avenue. You couldn't have access to the father. Save I went to the cross. Save I died for you. You could not have access. You could not have eternal life unless I went to the cross. Christ didn't come down here because he didn't have nothing else to do. He had a divine appointment to come down to Mother Earth. Go to the cross and give his blood and wash away all of our sins that we may understand and know him as Lord and Savior. That we may receive him and say that thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus in Romans 10 and 9. And shall believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. That's what the word of God says. For with the mouth, confession made unto salvation. With the heart, you repent unto God and ask Christ to come into your life and be Lord of your life for the remainder of your days. And you cannot see God without an appointment with Christ. You've got to go to the Savior in order to get to the Father. I don't care what nobody says about all the different ways you can get to God. That's a lie. There's only one way to the Father, and that's through the Son. If you don't receive the Son, all that you're going to get when you get to judgment is your reward for not receiving the Son. God says, depart from me. You say, but I prayed, Lord. Depart from me, but I helped the poor, Lord. Depart from me. But I gave away millions of dollars, Lord. Depart from me. But I was a good person, Lord. Depart from me. But, but Lord, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. Why? Because what you did, you did it in vain. You did not receive Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, of your heart. And because you did not receive my son, you cannot receive me. God makes that very plain. You read the word of God, this is as plain as the nose on your face. You have got to have Christ in your heart to go to heaven. When you receive Christ as Lord and Savior, God says, you are mine. You're not perfect. See, Christ came to give us that perfection. What is perfection? Perfection. Christ came 
as the sacrifice, the propitiation to complete what has not been completed in our hearts by sin. Christ came and died on the cross to complete it for us. And, and, and eventually, we're going to have everything completed whenever he comes, set up the new heaven and the new earth in this world, and we will be with him eternally. But he said, right now, it's about love. Let the love of God manifest. Let the love of God come forth in your hearts. Verse 11 says, Beloved, if God so love us, we ought also to love one another. For no man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us and we and, and, and his love is perfected in us. God dwells in us and his love is perfected in us. God dwells in us, his love is perfected in us. Whenever we understand that we need Christ. He said, if God's love is in you, then I, you're all right with me. If the love of Christ is in your heart, you're all right with me. No matter what's going on in your life, you're all right with me. God's going to look out for you. What did David say? I have been young. I am now old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor the seed begging bread. Why? Because love. You may be it down to your last dime. Say, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to eat today. God will touch somebody and say, go by and see brother so-and-so. Go by and see sister so-and-so. Go do this for this one. Go do that for this one. And God will speak to your heart to go and do it. And it's somebody that when you want to know how well you are doing in the things of God and the love of God, when you do something for somebody that can't do it for themselves and can't give it back to you, that's love. That's love. That's whenever the love of God is that powerful and strong in your life. When you say, baby, the Lord laid this on my hand, in my heart, and you walk up and you put something in their hand, and you say, take that and do something for yourself. God told me to be a blessing to you. That's the love of God. Because when God speaks to your heart and you don't do it, guess what happens? You always lose it in the end. You never find a way to get it away from you. So that big and young and you got, they won't never do right to get it. God told you to give it to so-and-so that needed it, but now give it to that one. And you won't listen. They get it and they don't appreciate it. But when you love somebody, that is always going to be expressed. When people say, I thank you. When people say, I appreciate you. When people say, I love you. I have a cousin and she said all the time, she said, I love you and there is nothing you can do about it. That's the love Christ had for us. Whether we receive him or not, he said, I love you. I died so you could come. The door is open. He said, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door in the, in the third chapter of the book of Revelation, verse 20, I will come in and sup with them. And they with me, that's what his word says. He decree and declare the word over us and tells us, just love me. No matter what they do to you, continue to express love. Continue to, if you want to you win people to God, just love them. You ain't got to go keep witnessing to them and begging them to come to church and begging them to live right and begging them to do right. Just love them. Yes. Yes. Tell what they're doing now, keep loving them. Yes, keep letting them know you appreciate them. Keep letting them know you're there because they need you. Even though they may not act like it, they may do all kind of ugly things. But you, what, remember Hosea? Gomer was his wife and she was a prostitute. And God told Hosea, get out there on the corner and go get her and bring her back home. Gave him four children and she went back to prostitution and God made Hosea go back out there again and bring her back. That was love. If that's not love, I don't know what love is because it takes that type of love in order for you to go after somebody that have walked away. God said, go get her. She is your wife. Go get her and bring her back home. That's what he told. Read the, read the book of Hosea. It's in there. 
Gomer did all kinds of things, but Hosea was right there. He loved her until the last breath that he breathed. And that's what God said. That's what God is saying to us. Love one another. Let the pure love of Christ manifest and come forth in your life. Let love have its way in your heart. Hereby we know that we dwell in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoso shall confess that Christ is the Son of God, God dwells in him and he in God. He says you have to make that confession. The love can't manifest until you confess Christ as Lord and Savior. That's what the word says. The love of God must, will manifest when you confess Christ as Lord and Savior in your life. When you confess him as Lord and Savior, then the love of God manifests. The love of God comes forth. The love of God is genuine in your heart. Yes, yes. You want to see the purity of love? Let the genuine of God manifest by the Spirit of God within you. When the Holy Spirit speaks, you do what he says. Remember, love has to be demonstrated. Love has to be action. It is not what you say. I can sit here and tell you I love you all day long. But if I never get up and do something for you and to show that I love you, do you really believe that? You're not going to believe I love you if I don't ever do nothing for you. That's what Christ did. He said, to show you that I love you, I'm going to go to the cross. To show you that I love you, I'm going to shed my blood. To show you that I love you, I'm going in the grave. And to show you that I love you, I'm going to resurrect in three days. And when he resurrected, he said, and to show you that I love you, I sealed it when I got up out of the grave. The love of Christ is more powerful than any love you can ever have. Finally, he tells us, whosoever confesses Christ, God dwells in him. And, and he says, and we have known and believe the love that Christ had to us. God is love. He didn't say God gives love. He didn't say God makes love. He didn't say God encourages love. He didn't say God sends love. Love is the very nature of Christ, our Lord and Savior. He said God is love in that 16th verse. And he that dwells in love. Now he didn't say he that dwells in Christ. He said he that dwells in love dwells in God. He that dwells in love, look at verse 16. He that God is love and he that dwells in God and God in him, that's genuine, sincere love. When God comes forth and allow the love of Christ to manifest in your heart, no matter what you experience, no matter what you're going through. Remember, never forget that God loves you because Christ is love and God is love. And because he's love, we can say, I love you, and mean it from our heart, being children of God, being believers in Christ. We can say, I love you, and sincerely mean it. When we say, bro, I love you, bro, I appreciate you, sister, I love you, I appreciate you. That agape, the brotherly love, one from heart to heart, breast to breast. That's what Christ is talking about, the love of God for the entire universe. Whether, we, whether the world receives them or not, he still loves them. He said, I came to save you. I came to redeem you from your sinful condition. Because of what Adam and Eve did, I've come to straighten that all out and reconnect you to the Father. But you have got to receive me because you can't get to the Father because, see, there is a special connection, a special love between the Father and the Son. It's a kind of love that Isaac had when Abraham had for Isaac when he told him to go to the mountain and sacrifice your son. That's the kind of love 
There's a special love. There's a special relationship between a father and a son. And Christ says there was a peculiar relationship. There was a relationship that only God can identify through Christ. What was that? The purity of the fact that he was still God. The purity of the fact that he was still the son of God. Even though he was carnated in the flesh, he was still the son. But they had a peculiar relationship, a special relationship that no one can break. That's why he said, my son, my only son. I give him for you. Ransom for you. To deliver you. To transform you. And to give you love that I have so loved you with before this all began. Because of that, Christ says, now receive me and I'll bless you. Receive me and I'll give you the things that you desire. He says, whatever you do, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And everything that you need, he will do it. He will answer your prayer. He will give you the victory. He is indeed the love of the Father. And everyone must receive him in order to get to the kingdom of God. You can't get to heaven. Unless you go through Christ, Yeshua, our Lord and Savior. May God bless you today. May heaven smile upon you. Let us stand for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come this morning to say thank you for this message. That you love us. That you sent your son to die on the cross to save us. And to fill our hearts with your spirit of love. We pray for every heart under the sound of my voice. If they have not confessed Christ as Lord and Savior. That they will ask him to be their Lord and repent of their sins. He said, if my people that are called by my name and seek my face, humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways and pray, then will I hear from heaven and heal their land. Father, we pray for our nation. We pray for our children. We pray for our seed, Lord, that you would just move by your power, by your spirit, and save their souls. Loose your Holy Ghost to go forth and save lost souls all over the city, the state, the country, and the world. We bless you this morning. We give you glory and honor, and we thank you for your divine presence among us. And we thank you most of all for the love of Christ who shed his blood that we might be redeemed from a lost world. We bless you now. Take this message and let it go and do that for which thou hast sent it. We give you praise and glory and we thank you as thy servant's prayer that all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. God bless you today and may heaven smile upon you.